0: whether it's contractor, whether it's DIY, the quicker you can understand how the customer behaviors have shifted overnight, the quicker you can understand what's most important to them today.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. everybody. Thanks for listening. It's Mark. Uh, This is week seven of my uh, coronavirus quarantine. I'm coming to you from my kitchen. Uh, I hope that you are all well. I hope that you're healthy. I hope that your isolation is going relatively uh, easily for you. Uh, I had heard a webinar last week with somebody from the Farnsworth Group, and the Farnsworth Group is a uh, market research group that specializes in our channel, not necessarily just the independent portion of our channel, but anything in in paint in hardware in any of the construction materials lawn and garden that's their specialty and I had heard this webinar and I was really impressed with some of the research they've been doing since the coronavirus outbreak started 5 or 6 weeks ago they've been doing a weekly survey which they've been updating and they look to continue to do that in the future and some of the information that they're discovering is is really transformational and and so I wanted to share as much of that as I could with independent paint retailers because what's happened in a very short period of time what's different about this economic crisis versus others is behavior has changed dramatically instantly and it's likely to stay like this for a very long time in other economic crises that we've seen we've seen demand dip for economic reasons and we've certainly seen that here but we have not seen enormous changes in buying habits and patterns and 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 in this economic crisis we have seen that and so we want to start addressing some of those i've shared with a number of dealers that i've spoken to that on the topics of how we're servicing our customers and on the topics of how we're marketing uh, to customers every decision that you made that's more than five or six weeks old is no longer valid it's going to have to be rethought the world has changed completely particularly on those two topics and in addition to that, for paint retailers, in, in fact, the market itself has changed dramatically. And one of the things that we're seeing is that there is tremendous uh, strength in the DIY market. I know a lot of retailers where DIY is a significant piece of their business, retailers that do a lot of design type stores. They're actually doing quite well. Their design business is struggling because obviously that's hard to do in a, in a world where social distancing is, is part of our lives. But, but the paint sales are really strong in that, in that category. And, and, and so anybody who's doing anything with DIY is really doing well right now. Although the way that they're delivering has changed completely, but their sales are still very strong. And of course, the other piece of that is the residential repaint contractor. And that portion of the business, unfortunately, is, is dead. And, and Grant is going to talk about that. And he's going to talk about his view on what the data is showing on, on sort of how long that's going to last. But uh, no matter what your opinion of, of my opinion of what we're seeing or Grant's uh, data, what it says, uh, it, it would be hard to argue for that at least the next couple of quarters, that segment is going to continue to lag. My own opinion is that that segment is going to continue to be a problem for us for probably somewhere in the 12-month range. I just don't see how we can, uh, knowing uh, about the cycles that the paint business goes through, particularly seasonally. And where we are in the year right now, I just don't see how much before next spring that segment of the industry can come back to anywhere near 100% of where it was. And so for retailers that had, uh, which is not such an unusual mix for retailers that had 50, 60, 70% of their business in the residential repaint segment, you are going to have to make some very quick changes. So the marketing that you're doing right now to that category right now, you're kind of Targeting a group that, that frankly doesn't really exist at the moment, I don't, I don't want to imply that they've gone away completely, they'll be back. But right now, any marketing dollars you're spending on the residential repaint segment is, is not really hitting your target and you're losing opportunities to spend those same dollars to go to the DIY segment, which is in fact doing extremely well. And so one of the things I think I mentioned earlier in this uh, intro, I'm telling people all the time, rethink everything that you've, every decision that you've made that's more than four, six weeks old, but you don't want to start guessing. You don't want to look at Yahoo News or CNN and think, oh, I read that story. So let me try something different. You want to make all these decisions with data. And so what I'm trying to provide for you today is some sort of sense of what the data what the big picture is starting to look like because we are starting to see some data trends we are starting to get some information on how long some of these trends uh, are likely to last in terms of shopping habits etc and so the Farnsworth Group, in my opinion, is is leading the way in terms of who's doing the best job in providing that data, and who's also doing a great job in making that data uh, accessible to their customers, which are the larger manufacturers, the trade organizations, et cetera. And then uh, some of the results of just this. Uh, survey that they're doing they're actually just allowing people to view publicly and and that's what you're getting a piece of today and and so follow up with them find them on their website when you're done with this they're updating that data every single week they're doing new surveys and it's really dynamite stuff and it'll really help you understand what it is uh, changes wise what it is that that you can do in your store that's most likely to find another target most likely to either Bring in more business or help you maintain the business that you have. And that's really important because the deck is shuffling right now. Everybody's business is up for grabs. So you want to make sure to hang on to the business you have. And you want to make sure to take advantage of this opportunity by getting more business, right? So Home Depot is struggling to service their customers right now and meet their customers' needs. Lowe's, Sherwin-Williams, every single person who's every single corporation that's selling paint has got that same struggle. And so consumers... Are looking not so much for the paint brands that they want not so much for the supply brands that they want Uh, they're really looking for the services that they want they it's about how they want to buy their paint how they want it delivered and so all of that has changed everything and so start making some fresh decisions on your marketing start making some fresh decisions on your delivery model and how you uh, operate in your stores particularly as we come out of this in the next couple of weeks as as various states from around the country are starting to open up again and and you're going to be able to start to see some in-store traffic back in your stores over the next couple of weeks Uh, so start thinking about how you're going to attract more business, how you're going to keep the business that you have and what data you need to make those decisions as you move forward. And and to the extent that you need some data, I encourage you, of course, listen to me, read my blog. I'm going to be providing as much of that as I can possibly squeeze in. And uh, go to the Farnsworth Group's website. I would give it to you. I think he gives it to you at the end of the episode. Uh, Go to the Farnsworth Group's website. They are providing some really fabulous data and they're updating it on a weekly basis. I'm here with Grant Farnsworth. Grant is one of the partners at the Farnsworth Group. They are an industry research specialist and they focus all of their attention on just the building and home improvement segment. Uh, Grant, how are you today?
0: I am well, Mark, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for being on. And so just a little bit of setup before I open it up to you really and let you get into it. Uh, I had heard Grant speak, or was that actually, was that your brother who I actually heard speak? No, that was me. That was you. Okay, so there are. I know that there are two Farnsworths. Uh, <laughs> I I had heard you do a presentation last week that I guess was sponsored by uh, either the PdRA or one of the other trade organizations that you're involved with, and and so I logged in. It was a webinar, and I was I was really impressed uh, with the quality of the work that you guys did, and and I wanted to share some of the highlights of that with uh, with my listeners, which are the owners, the independent retailers, the independent paint and hardware retailers uh, around the United States and Canada. So with that kind of a setup, why don't you talk a little bit about what exactly it is that you guys do at Farnsworth, and then we can enter into where we want to start here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, the Farnsworth Group is an is a industry-focused research firm. We create custom research projects for uh, not only retailers, um, both small and large, but also manufacturers. Uh, we're focused in the building products, home improvement industry, and have been studying it for 30 years. Um, our job, in a nutshell, is to get deeper insights for our clients around their customer usage and attitudes, uh, around their products, around their brands, and hopefully a little bit deeper understanding of uh, of the market or, or specific market sizing.
1: All righty. So you are definitely the guy that I've been looking to talk to. <laughs> and and so what what was it that I that I sat in on? What who was that prepared for? What was that?
0: Yeah, so we started. Oh gosh, this is uh, about a month ago now. We started a weekly survey amongst DIYers and contractors to understand the impacts that COVID is having on home improvement project behavior. So each week we go out to about a thousand uh, DIYers and about 300 350 residential contractors with the same series of questions every week asking about their project behaviors and if covid is influencing those and if so how
1: and and so you had started this uh just because uh, an understanding on your part that that covid was a game changer or were you seeing something in in work that you had going on already that caused you to think that that consumer behavior was changing rapidly and you needed to do some research?
0: No, like most of us, I think we realized that uh, behaviors and attitudes and confidence changed almost overnight um, once this country really started putting in place some you know, shelter at home orders, all that good stuff, right? So we knew pretty quickly that there are going to be some changed behaviors uh, very, very rapidly. So um, to keep ourselves informed, to keep the industry informed, our clients, our colleagues, our friends Um, You know, we took it upon ourselves. Uh, We also partnered with the Home Improvement Research Institute, which is an outstanding resource of home improvement information. It it, it functions like a co op. Um, So it's a membership, it's a nonprofit, member driven uh, membership. So we partnered with the Home Improvement Research Institute so we can act quickly to get some information on a weekly basis to help inform the industry. About what's going on, at least mark at a high level, right? right. So this isn't going to be detailed down to you know product SKUs and right. and and focused on a certain category, but we at least want to provide some direction for the industry on on what we're seeing at, 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 at you know DIY level as well as contractor.
1: And so every week you're you're polling a thousand people, that's seven hundred DIYers roughly, and a thousand residential repaint contractors. What it what is it that you're finding, Grant?
0: Yeah, and, and it's actually about a thousand DIYers and roughly three hundred fifty residential contractors.
1: Oh, so it's thirteen hundred and fifty total.
0: There you go. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Thousand DIY and yep. roughly three hundred fifty residential contractors, some of which are painters, but a lot of remodelers, GCs, right. and, and other specialty trades.
1: Okay, so why don't you so, why don't you talk about a little bit what what you started to see and and what some of the trends are?
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the DIY piece um, first and foremost. I think it's a uh, probably common knowledge or a common assumption that. Online behaviors have spiked quite dramatically when we think about, you know, searches, things like that, both for um, DIY as well as contractor.
1: That makes um, sense. You
0: know, yeah, right. I mean, we're seeing more people spend time on you know, Facebook and Netflix and, and, and YouTube and just streaming stuff. But we're also seeing a pretty extensive increase in searches, anything related to Home Depot, anything related to Lowe's. Um, in fact, our, our partners at Venvio, who's a digital agency for the building product space um you know they did some analytics and found that in you know end of march beginning of april um searches related to lows terms related to lows increased roughly 195 percent right uh which is a huge huge jump in a short period of time and home depot is up 150 percent. right and
1: so that doesn't mean that their business is up that much that means at the very least People are using their websites as an access point for other purchases.
0: DIYers are are in their homes. They're staring at the walls. Yep. If they, they if they're going to be stuck in home, darn it, Mark, they're going to enjoy the home that they're stuck in. Yep, okay.
1: and that okay, so that's what that tells me too.
0: That's exactly it. So you know, I'm, I want information. I, I want knowledge. How does some of this stuff get done? Who's selling it? You know, so information feed is got a shot of adrenaline up. Up the arm right now uh, when it comes to online behaviors. Yep, right. Um, so, well, we're starting to see that translate into actual DIY projects. And when we look at um, you know some of the DIY results, uh, those that we surveyed, over sixty percent say they started a DIY project in the last week, um, and that trend has been either stable or increasing every week that we've been doing this now for five weeks
1: right so people are painting it's as simple as that people are painting people are are replacing their faucets people are doing the smaller diy projects that they're capable of doing themselves right now because they're in their houses and have time to do it
0: you got it and in fact when we think about the projects that they are doing paint is at the top of the list came out of the gate strong and this is you know this mark and and so do the um you know suppliers that you work with and, and and manufacturers in the painting space Spring is is always a big time for paint, so we are going to see some paint activity uh, to begin with uh, for this spring. But we've seen even more um, given the current conditions of COVID, and paint is still at the top of the list, along with you know lawn and garden activity.
1: Right, and and has that been? Uh, I I remember a slide concerning. The purchasing groups, the millennials versus the Gen X and the boomers. Was that relevant? Because I know to a lot of dealers uh, right now, they are seeing a lot of their business switch over to millennials and they're, they are dealing with them differently. And so if they're doing a lot of, a lot of these projects right now, then that to me says that they can be reached through social media. So are you seeing millennials step into that space a lot?
0: Great question. Yes, absolutely. So millennials, more than the other generations that we look at, we've got even group of millennials, Gen X and boomers in the research that we're doing week to week. Millennials are above the other two as far as plans for DIY projects in the next few weeks. Right. So no doubt that millennials are certainly more engaged right now than Gen X or boomers. Um, that's not to say that, that Xers and boomers aren't. They certainly are as well but the charge is being led by, by the millennials.
1: And and to me that says that independent retailers have an opportunity to reach them even while they're at home, even while the dealers themselves are at home, even while their operations may be closed for a couple of weeks in some cities around the United States, which is happening. Dealers do have using social media, the opportunity to get in front of people that are uh, either buying paint or interested in buying paint.
0: A tremendous opportunity. So here's some other stats from our partners at Venvio. They pulled some searches related to very specific categories. When they looked at paint between the dates of March 16th and April 5th, searches around paint were up 700% online. Wow. Uh, Massive. That's great news for
1: paint retailers right there.
0: Yeah, and to, to, to say that there's opportunity to reach right. the DIY right now is, is probably a little bit of an understatement.
1: Right. And it's interesting okay. to me because I've been telling retailers, I, I have two, uh, 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 sort of tracks of thinking in my mind at the same time. I I think that because of the COVID-19 outbreak, I think that retailers are are horribly at risk right now. And I think that we are going to see a lot of retailers lose their businesses over the coming months. But at the same time, uh, the ones that survive, I think are in the best condition that they've been in probably in decades Mm -hmm. to serve this market and excel uh, as an independent paint and hardware retailer
0: there's opportunity right now to steal share. It's not just brand share, it's not just product share, but it's also channel share, Mark. So to that point, we're having a lot of conversations with our clients that are independent retailers, making sure they service the needs of their customer today. If what you were doing even three months ago is what you're holding on to, you need to understand that the behaviors have changed almost overnight. Yes, And those retailers that are accommodating... Look, brick and mortar may still be getting all of the dollars, but it's those brick and mortars who have the product when the customer wants it, how the customer wants it delivered. That's correct. There were some that were already ahead of the curve in that regard. A lot of our clients are seeing 15, 25, 30 percent year over year sales growth on the retail side of things because they had the right systems and understandings in place. Of, of, of the market and the customer. So they are faring very, very well in this market, but that does mean exactly what you said. Um, they're probably stealing share from someone else down the street that maybe doesn't have those capabilities or outreach that they should right now.
1: And one of the things that that I, I'm sharing with retailers, I wanna talk about that marketing piece uh, in, in one second, but one of the things that I'm sharing with retailers is my view that in an environment like this, every single decision on every topic you've made uh, that's more than thirty days old is useless, <laughs> right? And 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 so that doesn't mean to say that it's actually useless, right? You don't have to sure. go back and decide whether or not you should have bought that van or upgraded that point of sale or taken in that line. Maybe yep. that those decisions don't. But everything else is basically up in the air. It's it's totally changed. Consumer behavior has changed, and and. As it relates to uh, consumers that are thinking about uh, some of these consumers that are buying paint or thinking about buying paint that are showing some of these numbers, some of that business, in my opinion, Grant, is coming from the decline in the residential repaint segment.
0: Absolutely.
1: It's people that are saying, I don't want to let a painter in my house i maybe would not have painted this myself at a normal time but now i want to paint this myself because it still needs to be painted and i still don't want a crew of three men and women in my house working
0: and we've got the research to support it so on the contractor side of our of our of our home improvement COVID tracker we see a lot of projects being stopped or delayed yeah and when we ask contractors what is causing it stop or delay it's health concerns yeah right um, so, so
1: their own health in. concern, their health concerns of the consumers, you mean?
0: Both. Right. So oh,
1: interesting. Point. Right.
0: Exactly. It's not just the homeowner saying, I don't want contractors in, but we're also hearing from contractors that I'm worried about my health and the health of my staff. Right. So there's a general responsibility happening, which is pretty cool. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, but it's coming at the detriment of these projects from a, from a contractor perspective. And that is driving some more of the DIY activity. We have heard uh, from some DIYers that, yeah, you know, I, I decided to take on some of these projects um, because I don't want a contractor in here, but I want to get the work done. So yep. I'm trying to figure it out myself.
1: Yep. Right? And and so that leaves some challenges for, for retailers who had been who had had marketing programs that often mirrored appropriately, often mirrored the national manufacturers that they deal with. But if those manufacturers' marketing programs are all geared towards the residential repaint, if you're an independent retailer right now and you are with a brand that is uh, totally supporting of the residential repaint for all of your hopeful growth in this market, uh, you're going to need to change your marketing because that segment, it, for the time being, is really struggling. And that's not where you're going to get new business.
0: Listen, Mark, whether it's contractor, whether it's DIY... The quicker you can understand how the customer behaviors have shifted overnight, the quicker you can understand what's most important to them today, the quicker you can respond and start being the one that is taking share. We are doing a lot of work for our clients right now who are trying to stay ahead of this curve by understanding those customer behaviors. If, If you want to be one of those ones that buries your head in the sand and says, I hope this all goes away quickly and we can get back to the way things were five years ago, you're going to be severely disappointed.
1: Yeah, you're going to be severely damaged by this. Yeah, you're going to be damaged, damaged
0: by this. Because what we fully expect in this cycle, Mark, is that there's going to be lasting implications of these behaviors and this event. Yes. So to think that all of us, having figured out how to buy groceries, go to the doctor, educate our children, whatever the case may be, that we figured out how to do all this stuff digitally in two weeks to think that that's going to go away. Yeah. The minute you can walk outside your door, you're living in fantasy land. Now, not not everybody's going to stay with the digital behaviors. We're, we're not saying that, but you're certainly going to have a large group that is going to maintain some of these behaviors they just realized are easier, better, or more convenient for them. And so how are manufacturers and retailers going to adjust for that as quickly as possible? To either maintain or gain
1: share and i'll give you a quick example and then i want to move on and start talking about some of the things that you're seeing that are consumer behavior that retailers can actually Mm -hmm. respond to but just as an example of what you were saying uh i have changed the way we buy groceries in our family uh we had originally obviously I, i just had a fear like everybody else in new york things were very bad and i had a fear about going to the supermarkets and so, about a month, maybe five weeks ago, I reconnected with uh, with a couple of small markets in the, in a small town where I used to live in, and it turned out that they were doing orders online, faxed in orders, email orders, and sure. and and so I actually find now I can't imagine. So so I I make a list of what I need, like I always used to do. I I put it in their hands in some way or another. In the case of one of them, I'm calling. In the case of the other, I'm texting. I put it in their hands. I tell them what time I want to pick it up at my convenience. And and I show up at their store and one of their nice young employees drops it in the back of my car without me ever touching it. Why would I, I I can do all of that in five minutes while supporting an independent retailer who lives in that town. Why would I possibly want to go blow two hours at a stop and shop uh, just to get lower quality stuff to maybe save a few dollars. And, and so. Right. Exactly. exactly. COVID or not. And so those behaviors are, are permanently changed. I have found through the COVID response, I have found a behavior as it relates to purchasing food that I prefer. And so it doesn't matter when we're all healthy and free to go. I'm not going to go back to my old methods.
0: And think about this, Mark. So I'll ask you. So staying with this grocery analogy, not only the convenience and how you get it delivered, but have you tried a new brand or new product yes. that you hadn't before because what you wanted wasn't available?
1: That's correct. A, a lot of it, actually. And, Interesting. And and, and,
0: and and this is going to happen yes. in the building product space as well, Yes. it already is. Yes,
1: yes. Right. And, and so let's talk a little bit about some of the specific behaviors that you're seeing. And, and we'll try if, if I don't know if this part is necessarily your job, but I can try to inject some opportunities that retailers can take advantage of some of these sure. behavioral changes. So let's get into some of that.
0: Yeah. So as we think about um, that purchasing piece of it, let, let's let's stay there. Um, We are seeing, um, you know, in-store is still very important, right? want to make sure that, you know, we aren't sending a message that says, you know, the store is dead because that's not what we're saying. Right. What we are saying is that the percent of in-store purchases has been declining week after week after week for five weeks in a row. Wow. Across pretty much every single category that we've been tracking, paint and sundries included. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. The, the trend for in-store is declining while the trend for online is increasing right. across the board. And that's the same for contractors as well.
1: Right. That's we pass- what, that's what. excuse me for interrupting, retailers, yeah. that's that's what you have to listen to. Contractors are going to start to demand, start to insist on communications through social media and other digital means. It's, it's not going to be the way it was. And so if you want to be able to maintain connection to your contractors, you're going to need that.
0: And we find uh, when we look at contractor size, so those doing less than $750,000 a year in annual revenue versus those that do 750000 or more in annual revenue. Right. The larger contractors are increasing their online share even more huh. than the smaller contractors.
1: Interesting and they're yeah. they're probably also dealing with uh well first off those those larger companies would have staffs so they would have a, a means in place already uh to do that they've probably got some office people uh that are already sure. in place that understand how to use the internet uh versus a lot of the smaller contractors are are you, you know guys and girls that are basically working out of their front pocket with a with a phone
0: sure
1: and so that's 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 one possible explanation for that
0: sure Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I think part of it, too, is we're starting to see both on the DIY as well as contractor side. When we ask about, uh, you know, why are you making shifts in your channel behavior or or why have you not been able to get a project done? um, We're starting to see tick up a little bit in spots. This issue of I I can't get the materials that I need. So, you know, Mark, one of the things that we're highlighting with a lot of our clients, um, aside from some potential, you know price sensitivity issues around budgets is this idea around availability and this is something that we saw creep up in the last recession as well but availability today may be something that can overcome you know any sort of pricing uh, concerns so you may be actually able to get a premium in fact we've, we've seen some clients who are premium products actually gain share in the market today because they are available when and where the customers want it so right
1: so with with that premium experience on the product itself if if you are uh willing and committed to providing a premium experience on delivery that should create opportunities for you
0: it, it can in this market. Again, I, I want to caveat a lot of this by saying this is, this is kind of high-level, you know, broad stroke. I mean, certainly dig into your market, your customer, your category, et cetera. Um, but you know, broadly, we are certainly see opportunity on the, on the availability piece that, that if you can deliver it when they need it, just as your grocery analogy, Mark, yep. you, you need your peanut butter. It may not be the brand you've always had, but I've got to get peanut butter, so I'm going to choose this new brand. I'm going to choose this new product. That same opportunity is here from an availability standpoint with uh, with home improvement retail as well
1: right and one of the things that that we're learning in in this house and and for us we're four here now uh, it's me and my fiancé, guy who had always lived together my daughter buckwheat it, that's her nickname buckwheat she's <laughs> she's uh just graduated college which i'll call it graduation but basically she just got an email from the dean you know sometime <laughs> in mid-march saying you know Mazeltov, tov you're a graduate don't come back and and guy's youngest son chris is is living with us as well he was in new york city and having trouble getting food and taking care of his own business in that regard. And so he's moved in with us as well. But one of the things that we're all learning on the branding issue is that we were committed to brands, at least as far as food, speaking as, speaking on the food oh, issues, yeah. we were committed to brands for reasons that are currently not known to us. and <laughs> And so we've tried other things, right? So the market we went to is a smaller market. They didn't have a thousand different graham crackers. And so we had to try the one brand of graham crackers that they had and son of a gun, they're better than the ones we were eating.
0: Isn't that something
1: right? Now and so now that's, that's, that's the gone. end. That's the end right. of the Lipton family connection with Nabisco and graham crackers. <laughs> and, and, and for, for them, it's okay because you know, we're a, we're a box a month family. We're not a big deal, but imagine mm-hmm. if I had had that same experience with paint and I no longer exactly. was a Benjamin Moore or Sherwin Williams customer. Boom. Exactly. I just took a hundred, 200, $300,000 out of somebody's pocket.
0: You better believe it. You better believe it. And, and and it could be the availability piece. It could be the delivery piece of it, right? So we talked about, you know, the, the health concerns and, and I'm placing orders online. I'm doing curbside pickup. Well, does your local paint supplier offer that? If not, I know the Home Depot down the street does. Right. Eh, yeah, but I don't. Well, I'd rather not have the bare paint. But gosh, right now, health is more important to That's me. That's right. Than, so. You better be thinking about these things. And again, this is going to be subject to you know certain markets and and different customer types and categories. But again, Mark, that overall theme is is very very real right now. And the quicker manufacturers and retailers can get that deep understand a deep understanding of their customer, their market, their products, the quicker you can respond to what that hierarchy of needs is because it's not the same as it was six months ago. Six months ago. In the last few years, it was healthy markets. Manufacturers and retailers were focused and should have been focused on helping contractors manage all the business that they had. They were turning down projects. They didn't need leads. Money wasn't an issue. Okay. Help me with my business. There's a potential that almost overnight, it's now flipped. Yep. I need leads. I need business. Yep. And I don't have money to pay for the product right now.
1: Yep. And the manufacturers are going to have to jump on that. One of the things that, that I'm telling manufacturers that I'm in contact with, which, you know, mostly uh, my work is with independent retailers, but I have a lot of manufacturer uh, relationships. I've consulted with many of them on and off over the years. And sure. one, one of the things that I'm telling them is, is it's a manufacturer's responsibility to support their own brand. It's the Absolutely. dealer's responsibility to prepare that brand to be displayed and delivered in the marketplace. So if, you're, if your total dollar gallons are down 40% on, on a trailing average because of this COVID, don't expect your dealers to be uh, finding ways to increase that back. That's your responsibility. It's their responsibility to learn how to disinfect their stores to learn about spacing and social distancing while still keeping their stores open. That's their responsibility. But manufacturers have, many of them have lost a lot of business right now. And, and they're going to have to uh, hold themselves responsible for replacing that business for their retailers. Are they going to be in big trouble?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point.
1: And so you talked a little bit before about the the hierarchy of some of the decision-making. And I I think that for sure, convenience has always been in the hierarchy for people when they make uh, consumer decisions. Now, safety and health is obviously one that's been recently added. Are there others that you can think of that your research has shown you?
0: So the one thing that we want to pay attention to as well, so aside from availability, another point that we're uh, um, trying to highlight is the potential for pricing sensitivity, so we're starting to see the you know projects being put on hold, both from the contractor as well as the DIY perspective, um, being impacted by concern around finances, homeowner finances, mm-hmm. budget, right? So this isn't going to say that they aren't going to do the projects, but it might suggest they're going to look for more budget conscious ways to execute the projects. And we saw this in prior recessions. Now, what's different in this recession is, is, is um, you know, we, we still have our home values Uh, largely intact. Um, There's some other fundamentals that are maybe a little bit healthier uh, from a financial perspective in the household than 2008, but it still might speak to the concern around price and price sensitivity. Hmm. So as we see price sensitivity change, we need to think about our merchandising strategy. We need to think about our product uh, SKUs. If we were leaning more towards better and best over the last few years, um, do we need to be thinking about good and better over these next two or three to align with some of these pricing sensitivities. So not saying that that is happening or that is going to happen. I think there's some availability may overcome some pricing issues, right? Some, some channel and, and, and delivery and online solutions may overcome some pricing sensitivity issues. But again, we're encouraging both manufacturers and retailers to really, dig deep into their market, into their customer to understand what their customer is expecting right now, Um, because that pricing piece, Mark, may be another one that you need to be watching out for.
1: Obviously, there's all sorts of difference of opinions on on certain aspects of this, how bad this strain is, whether or not we should be open or closed. So those are some of the political distinctions that they're arguing about in Washington. But one thing that you can't argue about, the economy is basically going to be closed roughly for two months uh, nationwide. And that means all of us are effectively one sixth poorer. Yep. And, and in some way, I mean, obviously it's a broad generalization. But uh, if I was one sixth poorer, then I would be looking to buy uh, spend less on the stuff that that I need to buy. If I need new steak knives, I'm right. going to look to buy less expensive steak knives. If I need Absolutely. new, if I need to repaint a room, I'm going to try to figure out if I can do it for forty dollars a gallon rather than fifty.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And, and and you know while we may be saving some of our disposable income because we're not going out to baseball games because we're not going out to nice restaurants.
1: Right. And for me, by the way, the baseball games is saving me a fortune, just so as you know.
0: <laughs> That's you a big know.
1: one. That's a big one in the Lipton family.
0: <laughs> and, 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 and it may be fueling a lot of DIY projects, which, yep. which may end at some point. Right. Right. So, so we got to think about that as well. We, we may not be feeling the effects of some pricing sensitivities today because they're repurposing that income for DIY projects. Well, when people are allowed to go back out and enter the world again, we may be seeing, okay, well now I do have to, I am going to go out to eat. I am going to do what these other things. So yeah, I, I may need to be a little more price conscious about some DIY projects or some contractor projects, et cetera. So right. Or again, even put
1: those uh, projects back on the back burner.
0: We'll see. Right? And, and right. I think there's a lot to be determined, you know, when we quote, open back up, um, as, as to does that, um, um, you know, decrease the uh, DIY project level? So in other words, is what we're seeing right now in, in DIY, which is basically a, a second Christmas for this year, right. is that additive or is it just, um, you know, early, um, you know, early work that, that, that we're seeing now that, that is just going to you know fall off uh, later in the spring? I, I don't think we know. Right. Um, but also, are we going to offset any potential declines in DIY once we open back up? By the increase in more uh, contractor work that's been put on hold, so right. still a lot of unknowns. We're going to continue to track this week over week uh, over the next month, month and a half. Once we get into June, um, even early July, we'll, we'll look at doing some additional research for the industry on a, on a broad perspective to see you know where things lie amongst DIY and contractor. But you know, for us right now, Mark, um, you know DIY is is still looking to remain strong over the next few weeks. Contractors are facing challenges. And the most important thing that re- retailers and manufacturers can be doing at the moment is digging deep as quick as they can about their specific brand, their customer, their product, so they can respond accordingly to make sure that they're the ones taking share, not the other way around.
1: Right. And so, Grant, we're running a little bit uh, short on time here. This has been a really terrific episode, and I really appreciate it. Uh, you spending this time with me. One of the things that I'd really love to know is what does the research look like going forward? So we've talked a little bit about what you've done the last month, month and a half. Yep. What, what does it look like over the next month and a half? And how can people that are interested, particularly my listeners, the independent retailers, uh, how can they keep up with the work that you guys are doing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's been great chatting with you today, Mark. So thanks again for the yep. opportunity. Um, you know, we, we are going to be conducting this, as you said, for the next you know month, month and a half. It's the same series of questions every week, and it's being released um, every Tuesday, Wednesday. And I think the thing that we're looking forward to, and that um, you know the industry can be looking forward to, is you know how we're seeing those trends change from four weeks ago to today. Um, so I would encourage uh, the industry, your listeners, manufacturers, as well as retailers, uh, to check out the results. They can do that at the Farnsworth Group. Dot com slash COVID. Uh, Again, that's the slash COVID. We'll release results every week, typically on Tuesday, Wednesday, showing all prior week's results. So you'll be able to see those trends, both in DIY and contractor behaviors that are being impacted by COVID-19.
1: And that's the important thing is that uh, uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to remind people as I'm speaking to them is that we're still at the stage in this crisis where nobody really knows exactly what's going on, right? That's and, exactly right. And, and people say, you know, they get confused. They listen to the news. I've spoken to people who have said, well, I stopped listening to the news because it changes day to day. But the <laughs> truth is that it is changing day to day. Right. Nobody has been through anything like this before. And so the the sort of information that you guys are offering, what attracted me to it after I heard your presentation, the reason why I wanted to get you guys on here is that. This information is, is changing so quickly and is so new and fresh for all of us that we all need this information period. It doesn't matter if you're a manufacturer. Right. It doesn't matter if you're a retailer. It doesn't matter if you're uh, a, a trade organization. Whatever you thought you knew about your uh, channel industry business is, is all changed now.
0: That's right. And, and, and I would say, and again, we're, we're probably biased, but research and information is almost never more important during times of crisis and change than compared to a healthy market i mean if if you're going to go out and and get some information to help develop your business strategies your tactics so you can win um, that is more critical now than ever and we're here to help any way we can mark
1: well any anybody anybody who's managing any business uh who's doing that without access to fresh and pertinent data is making an enormous mistake. You're not running your business. All you're doing is guessing, and That's and right. guessing has an enormously high failure rate. So make sure to get your hands on as much data as you can. And and Grant, that was absolutely terrific. Grant Farnsworth from the Farnsworth Group. I really enjoyed my time with you today, and I really think you did a great job teaching retailers what's going on. And so I really appreciate this very much.
0: Thanks for having us, Mark. It's, it's, it's been great chatting with you.
1: All righty. Take care, man. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher.